you, you talk about missed tackles, uh, poor coverage. Those those feel like things that have kind of been recurring problems. What gives you confidence that you can still improve them this this season? Uh, people in that locker room, you know, the end of that football game, when a lot of times teams want to want it. You're down 21 in an atmosphere like this. You're incredibly disappointed. 99% of teams pack it up right there, and we didn't. And so uh, we all got to own it. We all got to be better. And I have every confidence that every person in that room will do that. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. All right, welcome back. It is a second edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast, and we're doing it because, man, we thought that while we were doing the first podcast that there would be a possibility of some uh, some coaching news breaking in terms of uh, the uh, defensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma, Mike Stoops. As it turns out it happened about 30 minutes after we finished our first podcast. So we'll leave, we'll put both podcasts up. That one will be more of a game breakdown. We will discuss uh, Mike Stoops and kind of our thoughts. And I think we were all in agreement. It was time for a change. But that change now has happened as we've been able to confirm tonight. Mike Stoops is out of defense as defensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, Josh McQuiston is back joining us as well. Eddie Radosevich is here. Everybody. Uh, went home and came back for this, folks. So uh, this is for you. Thanks to Eskridge Lexus for making this possible. Uh, and guys, just first off, let's go around. Uh, Josh, start with you. Your reaction to hearing the news that Mike Stoops was out tonight? I'm shocked. I, I don't know any other way to say it. And it's not that I think, I mean, like you already covered, we thought this should happen. But the fact that it's happened now, I, I never thought it would. I, I thought they'd wait till the end of the year and that would be it. But... It, it sounds like already some of the stuff you're starting to hear, it was it was just time to just cut it and, and let it be done. Well, I, and I think it's one of the things that we said on the the previous podcast was the fact that, and I, I joined you guys in thinking, I'm, I'm a little shocked that they actually pulled the trigger on this thing. But, I mean, if they lost the locker room, if you had guys that with dissension or whatever you want to say, uh, you know, and we didn't even bring it up about the Curtis Bolton thing at halftime on Saturday. I don't know. I, you know, I hate to speculate on what actually was said. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But it, there's, it, there was just growing sense that this had to happen. And I think that them making this decision and doing it right now, uh, you know, obviously it's it's a comfortable spot with the bye week coming. But at the same time, it 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 screams that Riley had to make some type of decision just in that he felt like his team was being divided. That's that's basically what I'm getting out of this tonight. I think a question we might pose later is, do you think this was Riley's call, or did you think it went above him? But for you know, just my initial thought is, there were no more excuses to make. We've heard about they don't have championship-level depth, but the recruiting was getting better. Like Now we had the players in the words of Riley, like to where they could finally make a move and improve that defense. And through the first half of the season, we just hadn't seen it. And you knew it was not going to happen the way it's going through the second half of the season. Something had to be done, and it finally went down. 
I'm of the opinion. I, I don't care about the locker room, whether it was you know the dynamic of it. it, it that's to me soap opera bullshit that I don't ever care about. The fact is the defense wasn't playing well. Uh, there needed to be a change. The, the, we'd seen six games. We knew that it wasn't working. I didn't see a way to fix it. Uh, development was not there. Uh, and this is not going to just be solved with firing Mike Stoops. I think you have an entire staff of people that you now have to reevaluate. It will be interesting to see what happens with the interim tag. Uh, obviously, most people are going to point to one of two people. I think a lot of people will look at Ruffin McNeil because he has experience. Uh, I will say this. Ruffin McNeil has been out of the game for a very long time as a coordinator. Uh, he's been a head coach at ECU. He was he was rarely, barely a defensive coordinator at Texas Tech uh, before he got that ECU job. He had been elevated because Mike Leach had to fire a whole bunch of people before him. Uh, and then, you know, Mike Leach gets fired, uh, and he was elevated to that interim head coach for that bowl game. So I don't know that he's the right man for the job. He's... Uh, he's an older guy. He's had some health issues. I just don't know. I mean, when you're talking about getting rid of someone like Mike Stoops, uh, to me, Bob Diaco being in there on staff would be a more uh, stabilizing, uh, you know, guy that's been a head coach recently, that's been a defensive coordinator recently. Uh, just seems to be a better fit to me. It, it's going to be interesting just as far as, I mean, how would <laughs> – and I guess I'm just kind of talking out loud here, but it just seems like the Diaco thing, would he have to be elevated from a... Well, he's to not be, technically have, on staff, You'd right? have to be able to hire him as a full-time staff, a full-time assistant. So Can that happen during the middle of a sure, season? yeah. Okay. So it wouldn't be a problem. Um, now, the, 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 the whole development I mean, they, they thing, though... They can't bring somebody in in the middle of the season, obviously. It's going to have to be an interim basis, Right. Yeah. Unless, unless, I mean, unless there's be, somebody yeah. out there that I, you know, unless there's somebody out there that no, they I want to bring in. I, I mean, look, if, bring Bob if this is clearly... Defense coordinator? <laughs> well, that Bob doesn't want to mess with that, I can tell you that. Bring Bob in to replace his brother? Bob wants nothing to do with that. Jesus. He's got a statue out there. He doesn't need people, you know, peeing on it because he gave up 48 to Texas. Defacing well, you don't it, have to defiling play, you it. Don't have to pay, you don't have to play Texas again this year. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Until Maybe. Possibly. Whatever. Well, and that's the other, like you know, the thing that is interesting about this is what does this do moving forward for OU? Like they fire their defensive coordinator after a game in the middle of the season, which they lost by three points. They barely dropped in the polls. Like I don't want to say that this is a play to save the season, but in some ways it could be a play to save well, the season. I think it's pretty desperate. It's I mean, a if the defense move. improves moving forward, and you don't lose another game. That probably says something to the college football playoff committee. Like, I'm not trying to spring hope out of this shit show. I'm just saying that's an aspect of this thing to think about. I, that's something that I didn't even think about. And I mean, because I'm next level. Do you think that that was part of the decision making process? I would hope not. No, I would certainly hope not. You know, fire. That's like selling your soul to the devil a little bit. Look, it, it, it's a move strictly because the defense is not performing well. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. And I don't see how this defense is going to play at a high level, just like on the previous podcast. I don't see how you're going to get there with Mike Stoops. Right. He's had seven years. Right. It's not going well. It's gone terribly. 
And it, it was, and as we said, it, it was repeated issues of the same thing. It was the definition of insanity, wasn't it? I mean, yes, redoing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, expecting different results. And I, I think that certainly it was a breaking point when it happens against your biggest rival, uh, you know, on one of the biggest stages in, in college football. So. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how this whole thing works out. I'm I'm still relatively pretty shocked that they went ahead and made this move tonight. I mean, we, we well, said it, it had in, to happen. It brings up a litany of other questions such as, how does Bob Stoops feel about this? Like, Honestly, I mean... But he's his brother. He's not just going to be like, oh, okay, fire right. him. I mean, I would think that Bob would go to bat till the end of time to save his brother's job. Sure, but at the same time, if you're Lincoln Riley and, you know... People aren't going to want to hear this, and I hate saying it, but kind of have to say I don't. I don't really care what you have to say to Bob. Yes, it's not it's his my pro- program. It's not his program anymore, and that, I mean that's just that's the reality of the situation. He's not the head coach anymore. He's like, he, but he's like the ex-wife. He doesn't get any uh, any parenting uh, well, issues. Like he doesn't get to have his say on. Whether his daughter should be dating a sixteen-year-old or not, I, I think when in, she's fourteen. I think in well, that's kind of weird. Uh, Those are the things that parents go through. It's not weird. Oh, I thought you meant like a thirty-five-year-old dating a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> no, it's a fourteen dating a sixteen-year-old. Oh, I heard forty. I thought <laughs> I was like, well, that, that would weird. be a situation. I. It's not Bob's program anymore, though. I mean, this is, he's not there every day. But Lincoln doesn't have that job if not for Bob, you know, stepping down and making sure that he got it. Yeah, that, that, that's a touchy subject. But at the same time, I mean, I think Riley would have to level with whoever at some point and be like. You would hope that, that Lincoln up- and Bob have had these conversations over, over the offseason leading into this year. You think this well, is Lincoln's call tonight? Or Absolutely, hundred percent. You don't think it was Joe C or like even going above like donors, special donors, or I think Jim Gallagher came in and made the hatchet the, yeah, decision. I mean, that's I'm not implying he was I'm, at I'm, the game yesterday. I'm genuinely wondering. Do, do you think this was Lincoln's call? It had to be. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of calls to make since he took over this program. He's hired Ruffin. He's brought in Bob Diaco. What else has he done? Beamer and Shane Wiley. Beamer. Wiley. Benny Wiley. Yeah. I mean, it's his program. You've got to let him run it. Now, could Joe Castiglione have said, look, we're struggling with ticket sales. You know, people are upset about the Rose Bowl last year. Like, people never, most people could not get over the Rose Bowl. So that lingered all through the offseason. Remember, we talked about it. Like, people were making up rumors all the time about Tim Kish's. A deal's been made. He's out of here. And, and Mike Stoops, is, he's told if he doesn't find another job, this is his last year. Bunch of innuendo on the board right now that Gallagher was the one that made the decision. That doesn't happen. I just don't know. I mean, that's how what Texas kind of became a shell of itself because when you stop letting football people do the football decisions, then things can get out of hand in a hurry. So yeah, I, I was just yeah. g- genuinely wondering. I don't think there's ever been a situation. There has never been. I'm willing to go on record to stake my record 
of making these kind of predictions or accusations or comments. I don't think there's ever been a president at a college in the history of the world that has hired that has fired an assistant coach, a football coach. I don't think that's ever happened. Because you know what? Presidents don't give a shit about that kind of thing. That's not their job. This one, this is a little bit different, though. I mean, he went to Colorado. What does he know about football? He's a self-proclaimed OU fan. Proclaimed. Proclaimed. That's unnecessary. Josh, do you think that James Gallagher pulled the trigger? Was he on the grassy knoll? Uh, no. Do I think that he applied pressure? Hell yes. I I, I could believe that completely. That, that's just I don't how even he think that's off. right. If he applied the pressure, then he made it happen. That's how I see it. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's still yeah, he's a billion dollars yeah. in debt. For God's sake. I, I would think a guy like that is smart enough to know what he does and doesn't know. Yes. He's a and CEO of a company. He doesn't make decisions about what paper cups are in the mailroom. He, he's not going to choose his COO because the sh- the shareholders told him to do one thing or another. Like, that's not the way that works. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, we're just speculating, obviously. But my feel, I mean, definitely, I think he probably was like, we got to look at something here. Because it's some, you know, guys, as soon as that game ended yesterday, there were important money people around Oklahoma making phone calls. Like, sure. there's just Look, no way. I'm going to, uh, you guys are, no, you're on the wrong track. And I'm, I didn't want to kind of get too far into things I've talked to people about. Uh, this was well, then tell us. a football program <laughs> decision because there were coaches on the staff that were concerned internal this is to me the the any pressure that was put on lincoln was by his assistants first and foremost well i could see why i could see why that's happening though if if you have half the staff and you know we're not naming names but if you have half the staff working for one thing and for lack of better terms a little bit of dead weight bringing everybody else down it pissed me off it pisses me off, and I just watch it. Looking at Mike Stoops' contract, and a lot of people have been ask, were asking about that. During the summer Board of Regents meeting, it was extended to January 31st, 2020. It went from 920000 to 950000 and he would have added another fifty had he still remained the defense coordinator on May 1st of 2019 there's going to be some type of a buyout here i mean they've had to come to some kind of now look you're asking did he resign was he fired in these situations it's generally someone let someone save face i mean i don't think i think a lot of people around and close to mike stoops were just hoping like he'd just say look i've done all i can it's not working out i need to step down for my own sanity but this is going to be one of the, I mean, to me, this is a deal. He, like, I've talked to people that have talked to him. I haven't talked to him personally, but he's very upset about this. It's not something that was easy for him. So I don't think it's a deal where he just went in and said, you know, like when Bob, when Bob retired, he was like, you know what? I'm done here. Let's hand this thing off to Lincoln. I'm at peace with this. Like there was none of that. There, there was being forced out. Whether they want to call it a resignation or a firing, that's for the press release to decide. When do you think they send something out? I'm sur- I'm surprised they haven't sent something out already. 
was the last time, when was the last time Oklahoma fired a coach midseason? Ooh. Carrie? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bob never did it. I don't I don't have the slightest clue. Carrie did did Blake let go of uh, the OC midseason Dick when he made Winder. that change? Dick Winder, yes. He, yeah. He he let Dick Winder go and he brought in what's his name? Now quarterback guru. Uh, oh, Joe Dickinson. Joe Dickinson. That's right. That's right. Oh god. Did you come meet me in a parking lot, buddy? We'll see what you have to say. See, the, these are the dangers of midseason changes, people. It's not always going to be perfect. So, well, and here's the deal: like, you have a defensive staff that probably knows they're going to get blown out. At least some of them. I mean, you got to think that Tim Kish knows that he's gone after the season if Mike's gone, because Mike was his guy. You think Tim stays an administrative role or just gone? Out, just done. Done. Just get it over. Just tear off the Band-Aid. And as we said, Kerry Cooks, he was brought in by Mike Stoops, Iowa guy. I just think whoever comes in as defensive coordinator next year, I'll put a Band-Aid on it for now, and it could be someone like Alex Grinch from Ohio State who was at Washington State because... You better better get ready to back up a Brinks truck, I would think. Yeah. You're going to have to. But that's just the world of college football that yeah. we're in right now. You have, if you want a competent, you're you're approaching close to two million dollars. You, you better be ready to pay up some damn well, money. You're already about to pay a million. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't have to adjust your books too like too much. And it's not like Lincoln is making nine or something. But Alex Grinch does not have play calling duties, is my understanding at Ohio State. That that's Greg Schiano's, even though he came over from Washington State. But he did a great job being a defensive coordinator under Mike Leach's system in a place where they don't have a lot of talent in Pullman, Washington. So I think that is the number one candidate right now. It, it would have to be. And, guys, and you know, you look at it also, you have to consider the fact you're not paying an OC. Right. I mean, like, you're not paying mm-hmm. OC right. money to anybody. So you should be able to spend that kind of money on your DC and you know, because you've go, got a two-for-one. He can go to Joe Castiglione and say, do you know how much of my time I was wasting just looking in on the defense all the time because we weren't good? Like, just let me hand it over to somebody. You're going to free me up to do more uh, fundraising stuff, donor stuff, shaking hands, kissing babies. Plus, I can be the offensive coordinator. I mean, Joe C. got to go for that. The only other guy that I would think of is the guy that has been at um, – he's at Alabama now. He was at UTSA last year, and he did a really nice job. And they hired him as co-DC at Bama. Um, Pete Golding is the dude's name. Yeah, Pete. Somebody brought him up to me today too. He, he would be – I mean, just – again, you're around good coaches. I mean, those guys have been around smart guys that know their game. Like, I, I, anybody off Nick Saban's tree, even if he spent a year with Nick Saban, that's that's a pretty good place to start. Is there any? In, I mean, we talk about we've talked about Tim Kish for so long. Nobody's really ripping on Tim Kish this year because they're two leading tacklers or they're middle linebackers. But for pr- a production standpoint, is there anyone that you should have a lower opinion of than Kerry Cooks? Uh, no. I mean, that's that's basically what we were talking about in that first podcast was just the fact that if you're a defensive back in at Oklahoma, 
if you stay for more than three or four years, you get worse as a player. Like, there's no other way to say that. Stephen Parker regressed. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Yeah. Jordan My Thomas. My only problem with this Ahmad argument Thomas. is that it predated Cooks. Yeah. This okay. was going on under Bobby Jack. Sure. This was going on, like, this goes back. So I don't, and that's the thing. It may be Cooks. It may also include him, but it's, like, there's a, there is a timeline that he doesn't exist in when it was still happening. So I don't know what that means. I don't know how to follow that. But it's, I mean, safety recruiting has been nowhere near where it needs to be. I mean, Oklahoma State, uh, there's a reason, like we were talking about the first podcast, that, that Buki is having to play completely out of position and you're not able to play him at corner where he probably belongs. That And that's just the mind-blowing stuff behind all this is the fact that it's like they've been trying to fit a square peg in a round hole almost. But they, they basically have this defense because they wanted to try and fit Caleb Kelly into a starting position on the field. And, that, and, they, and they found out, you know what, Caleb Kelly may be a great strong side linebacker, but the defense is shit that we're running. So through the next week and a half, when they take the field in Fort Worth, are we going to see wholesale changes? Well, Bob Diaco's a 3-4 guy. A pure 3-4 yeah. guy. You won't see this mutt stuff. You know what was brought up to me, too, was the fact that I don't mean that as a shot at Mike, but it, they, they, I mean, it's why we talked about Mark Jackson in the first pod, because they were sure. moving him around and doing different crap with him. Sure. It, it will be interesting. Can we get the just, frog stance out of there while we're at it? Oh, <laughs> Lord. That's a oh, that, the, uh, defensive lineman. Yeah. He could go halfway to winning his job amongst OU fans just by <laughs> taking that out. Or you have, uh, have cornerbacks lining up not 15 yards off the ball. You know, what's funny you say that? I thought that was better yesterday. It I was. thought I saw a lot more press they, out of OU. They pressed a lot, uh-huh. lot more. I, I, you know, I, I, you know who else funny. is implementing the press defense? Jim Knowles in Oklahoma State. It's working out real well. <laughs> true. So true. Hey. Um, and by the way, A.J. Green and uh, uh, what's the other kid's name? Williams. Uh, uh, starts with an R. Dang it. Oh, uh, uh, the Rodarius. Rodarius uh, Williams. They're mm-hmm. good cornerbacks. They're, for those that don't know, Rodarius is the twin brother of Greedy at LSU that's like everybody's number one cornerback in the draft. Uh, they're twin brothers. So, um, hey, Kerry, I want to ask you a question because I've already started talking to some recruits and their parents and the commitments, and we I've already talked to two or three guys about it. I can't give any money to recruits. <laughs> My question is, do you think this all happened fairly quickly this evening? Yes. Is that your impression? Yes. Okay, because I can tell you just I talk, tried to get an exact timeline. Okay. Um. I do know that kind of the, of course, with a loss, you got a lot of emotion. But I know a lot of uh, people were reaching out uh, kind of late last night, kind of uh, airing some grievances and things like that. And I think it all kind of came to a head this morning. But the decision was not handed down until... I want to say right as we were finishing the podcast, the first podcast, so 7.30-ish. Okay. Or right about 7, probably. Because I can tell you, talking to a couple of recruits and their parents, 
they found out through the media. This wasn't an orchestrated deal, which, you know, we talked in that first pod about how mindful Lincoln is of the recruiting and how that's all handled, and that surprises me. I really thought they would do it. They'd start having conversations, and, like, it, it would be very structured in how they would do that. Speaking of that, Josh, here was Calvin Hicks's tweet, of course, as the father of Marcus Hicks. This is a tough business. I want to thank Coach Mike for believing in my son. My heart goes out to him and his family and Lincoln Riley and the rest of the OU family. That was at 9.09 this evening. And, you know, we had some talks with Calvin We Hicks. did. We kind of kept that off the record. And just, I won't say what they were in particular, <laughs> but we got the feeling like, Basically, Marcus was going to be at OU regardless if Mike was here or not. And also that maybe OU's defense could be a little better than it was. So we'll just leave it at that. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's the thing is, is the fact that I think everybody feels like they can be better. It's not just the fact that they don't, that I guess what, I think what a lot of people think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they feel like, the players aren't being put in the right positions to make plays. And whether that be scheme, whether that be whatever you want to say. Here's here okay, let me you bring I'm glad you bring that. Let's listen to Kenneth Murray's talk about he talked about it after in the post game. And there are if you listen to this, there are some curious things said, I think, in terms of uh you can only kind of kinda like you can only do what the coaches put in for you. The obvious is we gotta tackle better. Um, you know, I feel like we gave up way too many yards to the defense total. So, um, you know, we gotta we gotta go in, we gotta go to work, sports practice and stuff like that. You know, getting in the lab. I mean, coaches put it in the game plan for us, and you know, it's up to us to execute it. So, us as players, we gotta go to work. We gotta go in there, you know, find what we need to do and, and, and get better. Um, you know, we didn't tackle well, um, which is the obvious. You know, and obviously on third down we weren't good. So, you know, us as players, we take that personal and we gotta go get better at it. And the other thing was, I played it in the open. Lincoln Riley talking about, they said, it was Jason Kersey from The Athletic that asked him about, why do you think it will get better? He basically said, because those guys in the locker room, which kind of makes you think like he was thinking about it already. He didn't say because of our coaching staff. I thought it was implied that the staff was the locker room too, but maybe I'm reading too much into it or... They have a different locker room, though. Is this, I think nationally this is going to be looked at as a pure panic move. It is. It already. It, there are some people like they're so because and it's so a stoops because out of know, the, just because it's a mid season thing. And I mean, it, it's not every day that this shit happens. This is. I would say this is a monumental moment in the program's history. Because did you look since the last? <laughs> the last is that a, is that. Like no, I mean I'm not, I'm not. I don't think you're. St- I'm not laughing because I think you're stupid. I'm laughing just because. I. I, I mean, th- this is a a perennial top ten program that just fired its defense coordinator in the middle of the season, literally yeah. in the middle of the but season. But you know how I feel. I said this in the and last podcast. That, like, OU is one defensive quarter or cor- coordinator away, a fail, a failed defensive coordinator away from everybody talking about OU as the new Texas Tech. I know. I, that's why I think this is a, this is kind of one of Lincoln Riley's first real. Oh, this is his biggest is, hire by far. This is this is my my f- program type stuff. Yeah, I mean this is it. 
Yeah, I mean, but you're right. The national media has already run with that narrative because it lost five games the last three seasons. Had heading into this one, back to back to back conference championships. They're saying like this is a desperation. To move. like wow, like life comes at you fast. I think has been the way it's been phrased. It is a it's a weird precedent because, and I I think Lincoln did a really good job of ignoring some of the noise that was out there after the Rose Bowl because as we said, there were a lot of people that were making up rumors constantly hoping that they'd be true and then anytime a rumor comes out just like the one today it spreads like wildfire because everybody wants it to be true whether it is whether it is or not and Lincoln did a really good job of of just coming out and saying look I'm behind our defensive staff we need better players in here we need to recruit better I just think after six games he looked at it and he said well we've got better players than what we're we're showing on the field like we're not this bad personnel wise that I mean that to me that had to be the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. No, I I agree. I I think that there's something to that and but it's just like we've been saying. I feel like we're it's kind of I, we've been saying it all night is the fact that this had to happen. I think there was a fracture in the locker room. There were people that weren't on board with what Mike was wanting to do and you had this was the opportunity that presented itself. If they had a game this week, I don't think that this happens. It just happened to have the perfect timing with a bye week coming up. Lincoln can handle the recruiting part of it now. I mean, do you think that they would have made a move if they were playing, if TCU, playing TCU this TCU week? Next week? No. No, they couldn't. Nope. You couldn't do it without the bye week. And he's going to have to name an interim like immediately. That's got to be part of the press release, doesn't it? Wiki, yeah, I would think so. Wikipedia already has Bob Diaco. <laughs> I saw that. As, God. <laughs> as the interim defense coordinator. Strip someone of their edit status. So, guys, I want to throw in there, and this is already up on the board. I've, I'm sorry, I've been a little quiet because I was trying to kind of get it up on the board. I've been working on this since the news came out. Uh, I've talked to Marcus Hicks, and I have talked to Woody Washington. Both are... Confirming they were 100% with Oklahoma right now. I told you, on Marcus at least. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. Uh, Woody Washington told me he has already spoken to Kerry Cooks. He's the only guy I've been able to confirm has talked with a coach on staff. Hmm. Interestingly enough, it didn't come up. Wow. I don't know what to make of that at all. He talked to him after he already knew? That's the part he's not clear about. I'm still working on that. So let me come back to that conversation. But that's it didn't come up in their conversation tonight. Now, that doesn't mean it happened. Like I said, we're about two hours after this, you know, this came out. So we'll we'll kind of have to track that. But that's that's what he's told me so far. And I'll let you know if I get anything that's interesting beyond that. By the way, we are uh, recording a second podcast uh, tonight after we got the news that Mike Stoops uh, is no longer the defensive coordinator at uh, the University of Oklahoma, and it is the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Wanted to remind you guys that Eskridge, uh, they've got the new uh, 2019 models coming in. We drove an ES over to see Marcus Hicks uh, when we went to Wichita to go see uh, his high school game. It was the ES Hybrid. Uh, those things get 44 miles to the gallon. they got the Apple CarPlay, a uh, lot of safety features. The uh, I know Bob was impressed most by the uh, auto bright lights feature of the car that and the air conditioned seats the air condition you i mean that's not like you know <laughs> yes that is i'd never seen you that don't before. have air conditioning in your car that's why you're impressed by the air conditioning seats because not only 
it just blew Bob's you like, away. Roll your windows down and cool. You should have seen it like when I said, "Hey, Bob, there's a button right there if you hit it." And then it took a second for it to click in, and it was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was disturbing." Uh, Eddie loved the armrest in the back seat, by the way. But yeah, if if you want to get a nice size sedan, maybe you got little kids, uh, the ES is definitely the way to go. Very sporty. Uh, but like I said, 44 miles to the gallon. Just go check out uh, EskridgeLexus.com. It's Eskridge Lexus of Oklahoma City. New 2019 models coming. They've also got some great deals on 2018 models like the uh, top-of-the-line LS models. And just go and tell them uh, you want the Sooner Scoop special, and they'll get you taken care of. Ed Eskridge, uh, big listener of the podcast, great fan of the website, SoonerScoop.com, so we appreciate their support. And that's why you got uh, us scrambling around to do two podcasts. Hey, Josh, can can you talk? Or, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. All right. So we sort of mentioned this at the tail end of the last one. We've seen Nick Benito, Caleb Kelly. They've all vouched for Mike on Twitter here in the last 30 minutes. Anyone that you see on the 2019 class that maybe you're afraid of, is this going to play a factor in the next two to three months heading into early, to early signing day? The stuff that he's done at St. Thomas Aquinas and stuff of that nature. Do you think this will resonate in a negative way? I don't think there's any question. I mean, I, I think Jaden Davis is a guy you have to watch just because that's Mike's turf. He's built inroads there. I mean, it, you know, and I felt badly because, you know, for those that have listened to the first one and now have come to this one, I kind of left right as Bob was asking that question. I had a few things I had to take care of. Um, but my, OU's never had a presence at Aquinas. And now one of the best talent-producing places in the country Looked like it was set to send guys in back-to-back years to Oklahoma. That that's that's unprecedented. So you have to give Mike a lot of credit. I think that's something that got overlooked is that he was he was doing a really nice job as a recruiter for Oklahoma. Maybe not, you know, in the huge bunches, but he was landing two or three quality players a year for Oklahoma. And so you you've got to give him some credit there. And especially when you're talking about South Florida, when it is dog eat dog. But at the same time. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that there's any. I think Oklahoma can keep Jaden Davis because obviously he has a relationship with Coach Cooks. He talks to Lincoln Riley. I mean, they're, they're, it, it's not like in years past where some of these guys were, their only relationship was with that coach. It's not, uh, OU does a much better job recruiting as kind of a hive and they do it as a team. And so there's not that, well, I don't even know anybody here. There's not that same sense of things. So I think that changes things a lot for Oklahoma. I think that'll make it not be such a big issue. What I am interested to see is obviously Jordan Battle came in for his official visit in the Baylor game. That was always going to be a long shot, but you've got to think this pretty much kills that. I mean, that, that that's his primary guy. That's the guy he knows best. I, it's, it's just tough to see Oklahoma working around that especially with all that Ohio State has going for it. Unless maybe Kerry's right and Alex Grinch comes along and, hey, maybe that works out for Oklahoma. Are you mocking my Alex Grinch? <laughs> no, I Are like you mocking me? a lot. I'm just saying the connection to Ohio State, maybe that can turn, you know, maybe that would change things. Uh, I want to clarify, I just spoke to Woody Washington again. He kind of got back with me. He spoke to Kerry Cooks around 4 o'clock today, so that news hadn't oh, come okay. out. Whether okay. Cooks knew it or didn't know it at that time, you couldn't possibly know, but it sounds like th- there was no way for him to, you know, have that conversation with Woody. Well, it's time to move forward. It's a new era. Uh, a lot of fans will be very happy that this has taken place. And as we always say, I mean, what we've said, and we said in the first podcast, we don't we don't blame anybody for being critical of Mike Stoops or the defense. It just, 
just the way it was. And uh, it just didn't work out. I, I, I wish that it had, but it just. Well, it, it just I mean, didn't it just. That shit yesterday was. That was. I tweeted it out yesterday. That. that they hit rock bottom. That's five five hundred yards that was, to a Texas. That was rock team. bottom hitting. Letting Sam Ellinger convert two third and twenty pluses is pitiful. And somebody, I mean, whether whether you want to say it's falling on the sword or getting fired or whatever, something had to happen. You couldn't you couldn't go down to Fort Worth with everything intact after basically being humiliated yesterday, and then. When it adds up with everything else, it was, and the then when they face adversity through the rest of the year, you know how do they handle that? Yeah, it, I mean it's going mean, to be interesting. Keep folding the, uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward, just as far as what the next step is. I mean, it you maybe know, I, you can get a coach that can be on the sideline with them. It's I'm gonna give know. a shout out to Max Olson on this stat: twenty two turnovers in twenty games with Lincoln Riley's head has head uh, head coach. 22 turnovers in 22 games? 22, you mean Mike's defenses have gotten 22 turnovers? 22 turnovers, yes, in the 20 games Okay, so far. So just one a game, just barely over one a game. Well, he was getting, that average was getting worse this year because they were well, not and, a turnover creation team. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you're going to be that way, you need to be fundamentally sound. But if you're going to be... If you all, if the only way you're going to stop somebody is to create a turnover, well, then you got to just be aggressive and crazy, and that's just not what OU wanted to do. So they were kind of stuck in the middle. I just want to know what the defense will be moving forward. I mean, you make Bob Diaco the interim. You're obviously going to try and stay with the three four. Um, but what you know, what do you want to do moving forward? One thing, I mean, one thing this program needs more than anything it needs it desperately. It needs some rush ins because they got none of that stuff. Josh. Diaco, known crazy personality. Anything else maybe be on the look for if he does get that job and he starts visiting these kids and all these schools? Don't – I can't say that I know a ton about his recruiting. Now, I will dig. Now, obviously, <laughs> this is going to get interesting. And he'll – when he was hired as a you know a analyst or whatever they want to call it, I didn't follow it because his recruiting just didn't matter to the conversation. But – Definitely will get into this now because that that has so much pertinence. But I can't say that I have a great feel for his recruiting ideas and what he thinks about things. But at the same time, usually guys that have good energy are usually pretty good recruiters. And he may be crazy, but he's got energy. So maybe maybe that works to some you know uh, some length for Oklahoma. The Nebraska people do not like Bob Diaco. They really don't. Yeah, but Notre Dame doesn't. I don't either. know if we can trust Nebraska's judgment of people because that program is so far dead that I don't know. If they they like them some Scott Frost. I don't know if they get a uh, seat at the table anymore. Do you think there's any thought of not letting it be Diaco? And the only reason I ask this is you could you could push somebody forward like you know whoever you want it to be whether it's Ruffin or even Kerry Cooks whatever the, however you want to look at that and that way you put Chip Viney on the road for the final legs of recruiting mm-hmm. here but Lincoln being the recruiting head coach that he is would he look at that just for that possibility like LSU did a couple years ago with that guy that basically ended up flipping Jacob Phillips <laughs> 
I, I mean, the, unless we're going to get the surprise happen, that Phillips is probably at Oklahoma. Unless we're going to get the surprise that uh, that uh, Tim Kish is also out, and then Bob Diaco becomes linebackers coach, co DC with talk about planning a parade for people on the board. <laughs> I mean, that would I would almost say that if you pulled the Crimson Corner. And that we've started fruition. a monster now. Now people are going to demand. See, like that's the whole thing that you set in if you, motion. If a mouse wants a cookie, if you're Lincoln, you've set this in motion now. To whoever is the next defensive coordinator, if they get beat by Texas and have a bad game defensively, people are going to expect him to be fired on Sunday. I don't think so. This was a. Oh, are you kidding me? Dude, this is this is. Have a, you met internet people? Well, I mean, yeah. There's going to be people <laughs> like that, but this is a a building of. A volcanic eruption that happened yesterday. That it was just the the icing on top of the cake. I mean, this this shit There's has no been happening on volcanoes. Well, whatever. This shit's been happening, and it was time for him to get out. God, why? I mean, you this goes back. This goes back. I mean, Tavon off twenty twelve. I mean, that was the first crack, and it just feels like every year there's oh been that rock bottom moment. And this time it just came in the perfect storm of a Texas team that's not known for its offense, hasn't been for an entire season. And then you let them get 500 yards, 48 points, the most ever they've scored against the Sooners. Just a perfect, st- the cauldron of shit, as you so eloquently put it last That was podcast. really nice, yeah. That, that was well done in the first one. See, that's how you curse, Eddie. People say your cursing is eloquent. You got at me because Mike got fired. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not bad at all. You think this eliminates any chance of getting to talk to Lincoln Riley some sometime this they week? They really should <laughs> schedule something for tomorrow. I mean, they really should. I know they, you know, it's a bye week, and they said that Lincoln's not doing a, a press conference. You fire somebody, you need to. You should do one. Now, OU hasn't released anything officially on this. So there's, I don't know if there's some last-minute negotiations that still have to go on or some things have to be signed, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, this is pretty important to have a press conference. So we'll see exactly how, you know, how this all works out. But, I mean, the... Everything is just semantics at this point. Did he resign? Was he fired? He's going to get a buyout. And he'll be able to go on and get another job somewhere if he wants to, which hopefully he does. Think he wants to? Yeah. I mean, and he could always go be an analyst for, for his brother in Kentucky or something. I wasn't sure of the narrative fit. of The game just passed him by because it seemed like every week... Just didn't really have the answers, and if he doesn't have a job, then maybe he doesn't have to look for one. He's got the buyout. He's set. Didn't know. But, yeah, the the other thing is, like, this was planned ahead of time before this ever happened. Like, Lincoln wasn't going to have a press conference tomorrow, so I can see after last week, everybody's like, what is Lincoln's deal with the media? He won't talk to them. He was short Saturday. It is interesting... That he, you know, after Army, he was upset about people being too critical of his defense. And then he fires his coach two weeks later. That's just weird to me. 
maybe a little bit of a red flag. That's why I'm saying, I mean, I from a outside looking in perspective, it's a very it sends a message of people are panicking behind the scenes. And I don't know if they are, but I mean, maybe you should panic if you're running out that kind of defense. Josh, I think it was just a matter typing. of time though. <laughs> it was just it, it was time. We all knew it was time. I think yeah, you've been saying it for weeks. Guys, did this just feel inevitable from Georgia on? I, I, it, yeah, it felt like it this did. this was the only way this could go. No, I'm no, I really thought that the 2017 and 18 classes had the personnel and they were going to change up their strategy. I, I did seriously not, did. I, I did. did not see this being a defense that was going to get pushed around by Army and then play like that against an inept Texas offense. Like, that's the part I didn't see happening. But at the same time, after watching that second half of that Georgia game, I didn't know if Mike could coach defense anymore. I really didn't. I don't mean so much in how it played out. Like, I, I, I won't pretend. I thought this was going to run to the end of the season. I, I thought that was the way this would go. But when Georgia, he had so clearly lost the fans, everybody. I mean, there was no faith in him from anybody. And I don't know, even if he'd have had a top 25 defense this year, I'm not sure people would have really believed. It would have have just been like, "Eh, we don't know. Did you see the Instagram final score that OU sent out and the comments that were on that thing? Oh, God, Like By the time I got out of the press box, there were 600 comments. And I'm not joking, 95% of them were fire Mike Stoops, FU Mike Stoops. Just, it, it's, I saw that and I thought, there's no coming back from this. There's just no, it's over. The, the, the perception of Mike Stoops will never be positive again. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, we talked it about that. It had to be done. We talked about that uh, yesterday after the game, after the press conference was the fact that this was it. There was no coming back from from that. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's kind of interesting if they come back and, you know, they get a stop at, and late in the third quarter or fourth quarter on that final possession and win the game. We're probably not sitting here right now talking about this. I'm actually glad that this is over for Mike Stoops. Oh, I think it had to it's be healthy hell. for everybody. It's, it's, it, was, it had to be hell on his wife. It had to be hell on him. It had to be hell for Bob to watch his brother go through this, even though he's about as thick-skinned as you'll find. But it's like, good God, get remove yourself from this toxic relationship, as I always call it. Week Just after, get out of it. Week after week of Move on, it's better for you. Having no ant- And not really even getting defiant at certain, but just Which sort of like, that's shocked it. shocked me more than anything. I'm like, this is what it is now. Because you know he just wanted to start railing on people. Oh, guys! I mean, you know, from a from somebody who's not there and can't listen to all the questions, he was the first. Not not Lincoln, not any player. He was the first interview I would listen to with Eddie stuff that he puts up on the board. Like I would go and find him on Sunday morning or Saturday evening, whatever it was, and he was the first one I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear what he had to say because it just he had be it had become bigger than the team. His situation, what the defense was doing, it almost overrode everything. Because, like I said in the first podcast, we've forgotten completely that this offense is outstanding because all anybody wants to talk about is how awful the defense is. And it was the same way, it almost overshadowed Baker Mayfield. 
Well, I said this before. It was toxic. It kind of became a deal like just like this year with the rankings. It's like OU was number five, but as soon as LSU did pretty well, boom. Whoa, LSU's got a real defense. Let's move them ahead of Oklahoma. Uh, What was who was the other team that that Notre Dame? Notre Dame passes them up. They move that. They go from five to six to seven, and they really didn't do anything to deserve to lose any spots. Yet, I think everyone the national perception was. Oklahoma doesn't play defense, so they're not a legitimate championship team. It's almost like they got the reputation of not really being a power five in a power five conference. They have the double whammy of the Big Twelve, plus they don't play defense, which is I don't know where that narrative's coming from. Maybe probably out of the Big Ten where they don't have offense, but it just became a situation where OU could not escape it anymore. They were branded. Well, yeah, because look at that Georgia game, Kerry. Nobody talks about the fact that OU went up and down the field against a great Georgia defense. Look at they OU's talk about rushing what a yards. joke it was look to watch at, Georgia run the ball. Look at OU's rushing yards in that game. You'll be shocked if you've forgotten how many it is. But, like, Georgia had 317, which is awful, uh, because all they do is run tailbacks. I mean, you should never give up 317 yards to a team that just has a conventional uh, ground game. And then you look at OU, and they had, I don't remember what, it was like 247 or something like that. But, like, for OU to run for that many yards against a Georgia team, that's like that's like running against LSU when they're good. But, you know, being a physical team, the defense stripped all that away from them. I think we've said all we can probably say on the subject. I mean... I don't know what else there is to say. It's a new era. I think say so. what it's going to be very interesting what the pods are going to sound like for the next few weeks. Not being able to break down the defensive problems. Yeah, I mean we're going to have to. Oh, there's still going to be problems. New- trust me. Sure, sure. The, no, the problems mean, aren't going away just because Mike be Stoops new. does. It's going to be new storylines, new stuff to talk about, different uh, whatever. You know, I guess we assume Diaco at this point, whatever he's going to do. Should we run a Sooner Scoop promo? Send your resume in. Do you want to be the defense coordinator at OU? We'll pick one to present to Josh Joe. And I, Josh and I had <laughs> joked like it would be it would be great for the site, and Mike Stoops would probably kill me if we could have run a promo that was like, uh, sign up for Sooner Scoop for a month, and we'll make your membership free until Mike Stoops no longer has a job. Well, maybe... Like, we that would have been a very successful promo. Like, people would have looked at it, laughed, all the people on Twitter that were, you know, begging for him to get fired or telling OUFU Mike Stoops when they put up the the game thing. Like, those people would have been like, oh, that's funny, I'm going to sign up for Sooner Scoop. Those guys are clever, and they hate Mike Stoops, too. You know, like, that, that's Just exactly like we what do. it was. They're pandering yep. to the, the common man. Well, I mean, Eddie's a man of the people who hates poor they simultaneously. They a YouTube video to pander to the common man. Ruh, ruh. Those are cheap shots, Carrie. Come <laughs> on. Man. It, uh, I don't know. I, I, again, it just very, it, it's shocking. It's weird. It's going to be weird on Tuesdays not having Mike around. Kind Is it going to be weird? I mean, a little bit. I think just because, I, at least for me, I, I get in this, like, It'll this be less mode. awkward. Yeah, for me, I I think that you we get in this mode though, like Mondays well, and Tuesdays, this. and it's gonna be weirder having Bob Diaco around if our Nebraska people are 
are correct. It sounds like it might be entertaining, though. I hey. wanted. I thought about playing this thing. Uh, Sean Callahan, our Nebraska publisher, sent me something. It's very interesting. What was it? Well, talk amongst yourselves and all. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does have some uh, YouTube clips that are pretty funny, just as far as shit that he's talking about. He had something about putting football games on Nickelodeon. I saw that floating on Twitter during the last hour, how he wants to market to the younger generation. He's Wait, got a what? lot of ideas. Let's put football on Nickelodeon so that the 6- to 16-year-olds can watch the game. It's kind of psychotic. <laughs> that That's what we're getting ready for. I kind of like it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's... That's okay, Mike Leach stuff right there. Let's uh, <laughs> let's listen to Bob Diaco and some crazy quotes that he has. Maybe. The mood lighting going here, huh? Nice. It's probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. Everything's positive. We are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. He's a nuts and bolts guy, not false bravado. He's a real football guy, silliness. He's a tough guy, <laughs> really. You work and you do the work and you put the work in. Maybe playing on the football team with Bear Bryant with kind of Groundhog's Day each day, not fake nonsense. You think maybe that helped a little bit? On and on and on. Up. Thank you. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't really tell us a whole lot. I've found the full quote. Send me my agenda. They want to talk about networks. I've got all kinds of ideas on networks. Let's target six-year-olds to 16-year-olds. How about that? Eventually, they're going to be 18 to 35. Let's broadcast our games on Nickelodeon. Who owns that? Viacom? Uh, hmm. Just got a interesting text message. Won't say who from. Don't go all in on Diaco reports. Oh. What, what do you think that means? It means he's not going to be the interim. Interesting. Do you, do you get the impression that it's, he's not going to be, or it's not as certain as maybe people are thinking it is? Like, I know you're reading it won't the text ha- Like, Diaco won't happen. I'm... Sharing something. Interesting. Very it's not going to be. I would say, it's not going to be. Oh, there goes my iPhone. It's not going to be Diaco. Whoa. I'm very confident in saying that. All of a sudden. <laughs> then that kind of. I don't know, guys. I I think I think Ruffin McNeil would be a. I think that'd be a terrible idea. I'll be I think honest. it would be even worse than Mike. If I do too. I mean, that's going backwards. Maybe Kerry Cooks. I think say Cooks is the only thing I that makes Cooks is any the only sense. yeah the only one that makes sense, and then that would be your Chip Viney thing. I'm sorry, uh, I don't want to make that sound like it's a stupid idea. That would make Chip Viney possibility a legitimate option. I just by doing something like that. Santa. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just said Bob Stoops. <laughs> oh, 
And I got a big no back on that one. I think say that that would take like an as the world turns feel to it. Who's behind the door? It's Bob. Oh God! The dramatic music falls out. It's interesting. An interesting time for an interesting program. And and what I find interesting is we all sort of agree. You look at the secondary, haven't performed well. They've recruited these guys. They're small. They're not physical. And then you promote Cooks. Would that, I mean, I don't know who on staff makes sense based on performance. If it's not Diaco, yeah, that opens up a whole new world. It's almost like now I have to start going through names of people that aren't in the business right now. If it's. If like, they've got a spot, I mean, I mean, does Lincoln know? Like, who is? My God, does he? Does he know who it is? Like, who is next? Of, I mean, maybe we're not giving him enough credit for making this move now. I just know who would be out of the business right now, or who doesn't have a job that would want to come over and take it over. I mean, I. There's literally nobody. It's time to get Jerry Montgomery back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even start. Now, you know who's got more D.C. experience than anybody on that staff? Tim Kish. Uh-huh. You want to talk about Crimson Corner burning tomorrow? <laughs> Actually, you know what? There's a report That's There's th- a report out it's going to be roughing. Man, that just seems like a huge step backward for someone who... Feels like more of an advisor role with Lincoln more than anything else. Maybe I'm off on saying that, but it doesn't feel like he's in the day to day grind no. that it takes at this point to be successful at that type of position. Uh, if it's rough and I don't have any expectations for this to be a good season, yep, that, that would change my thoughts on the chance to get to Dallas in December. I would say it's not happening. And it's not that I was a big believer in what Mike was doing, but at least, yeah, I, I, I that that's not great. Hmm. Well, real time information on the podcast there. But now, no, we're not reporting hey, that it's roughing. We're just saying. There is a, uh, somebody, somebody threw out Rob Ryan. He's looking for work. Might as well just go hire, hire his dad. Hire Buddy. Bring him back. Oh, no, that'd be great. Just for the sheer, you guys getting to talk to him. and uh, I don't know if he can talk these days. Well, I mean, might make it more interesting. Yeah. How he relays the messages could be half the fun. That's true. I, that guy's, the more I, that feels like something outside. If it's not Diaco, because there's nothing that makes sense. I boy, I mean, if 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 it was going to be roughing, and it didn't work out well, there's no way he can come back even as an assistant. I mean, that would be the end of the line for him. And be it, and that'd be all on Lincoln. That was Lincoln who brought him in. It was Lincoln who promoted him, and it was I'm that. I'd get bad in a hurry. But I mean, guys, you know, we, we, I mean, I know we could just get into the whole thing, but I mean, you look at that defensive staff, there's only one guy that I could say, I, I feel like he deserves more time. 
it's Thibodeau. Yeah. Every, mm-hmm. Everybody else, I could make a case for why they probably need to look somewhere else. But he's done a nice job with recruiting. The talent's getting better. The defensive line got pushed around yesterday. There's no arguing that. But at the same time, most of those guys are not guys he recruited. And then Calvin's so young that you can't even think yeah. about moving him up. You're just saying yeah. he's sure. one oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He's sorry, one yeah. that if, just, no, if, I think you're only, if you clean house, he, he doesn't go. Your only candidates yeah, I don't think are, he's a requirement to go. I think he's shown reason to believe. Realistic candidates, guys that have done it before, Ruffin and Tim Kish. Kerry Cooks would be a leap. I don't think that's fair because this is a bad situation. I guess it's a, it you think it depends a bit how much the locker room likes Cooks or like if it were, you think how can you elevate either Kish or Cooks though when both of them have been well, shown to be very I, deficient in key areas whether it be recruiting that, that's what or we've been coaching. saying. I mean, that's what I I know. I mean, I I'm not sure who on staff right now would be qualified to take that spot but you think about it i mean ruffin was the guy that gave lincoln his shot to be a coordinator but if we're not in that buddy buddy stuff you can't do that at this it, it happens all the time though i mean well then you're gonna be looking for i mean he hired job. him in the first place i it's just hmm. yeah that's interesting all right, uh, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I'll let you guys get home, get to bed. It's been a long weekend. Um, Josh, appreciate you joining us again. Eddie, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Even though we fight a little bit. Uh, Bob, thank you very much. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday, and we'll keep you updated on Soonerscoop.com uh, of the developments uh, going on with the defensive coordinator position interim. Uh, OU has not released anything official yet. I would expect we'll find something out more tomorrow from them. Uh, but as I'm finding out here at 10.06 on a Sunday night, probably not going to be Bob Diaco as your next uh, defensive coordinator, at least in the interim stage. I would lean towards Ruffin McNeil, although that's not official yet. Uh, and then we'll find out more as we go. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame show. And we'll see you guys back here after TCU in two weeks. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.